2: This is Sky Blues Extra.
3: Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Sky Blues Extra podcast with me, Tom Ward. And I'm joined this evening by Andrew Greasley and a very special guest, Gary Gillespie. Gary made over 200 appearances over two spells for the Sky Blues and went on to win a number of trophies at Liverpool, including the European Cup in 1985. Gary, thanks for joining us this evening to share your Sky Blues story with our listeners.
4: Cheers, guys. Nice to be here. Uh, looking forward to it.
3: Brilliant. And we'll obviously delve you know, into your football career in some detail tonight. But I just wanted to take it back a little bit, sort of back to the start, really. Um, how did you kind of get interested in football when you were growing up as a kid?
4: Oh, well, I mean, that was a, it was a no-brainer, really. I, I think um, all the kids, and certainly in Scotland, we always used to play football uh, in the winter and, and golf in the summer. Um, so it was from a very, very early age. Um my father actually ran the local uh, team. I, I, I lived in a little village outside Falkirk, a place called Brighton's,
3: mm.
2: um,
4: and he ended up running the the, the the local village team. So that's where I started. Uh, and I went up like through through the juvenile ranks, um, like most kids do, and um, went from under 10s right through to under 16s. Um, and that was how I got into it. And uh, we had very successful times, both with the, the school football and with my juvenile f- uh, football teams. Played for a team called Lauriston, who, who were very successful. A team called Gerdoch, who were very successful. and a team called Grangemouth International, who were very successful as well. And a lot of our school team, our school team buddies, used to play in the juvenile football. Our, our school team was exceptional. We won the, the Scottish Cup, school boys three years in the, the spin, mm. which uh, at that time was a record. I don't think any other team had done it.
2: Mm. Um,
4: I, I don't know how, if that still stands today or not, but uh, our, our school football team was exceptional, as I say, Graham High and, and Falkirk, and um, that's how basically how it all started. And I signed schoolboy forms with my local team, Falkirk, at the age of, I think, 13. Mm. Um, so I was there from 13 till, till 17.
3: Brilliant. And did you did you kind of support Falkirk as a kid?
4: I was a Celtic supporter, and mm. I kind of I kind of supported Falkirk. It was my hometown club. My granddad used to be involved, and in, uh, he was a I'm not hundred percent sure what he was. He was a local businessman. My granddad, so I think he had something to do with like Falkirk. He always used to take me to the games. Always used to sit on his lap uh, and watch the games at Falkirk, and that's kind of how I got into like wanting to probably be a professional footballer. Um, the smell of the liniment and uh, the winter green rub and bovril and pies and uh, it kind of just like intoxicated you and uh, as I say I used to go on a regular basis but I I always I kind of always supported Celtic because Celtic a bit like a a lot of the kids um, you know when you're growing up you always kind of like pick the most successful side Um, and certainly Celtic at that time through the 60s were like the most successful side and my dad used to know a guy called a guy called Hugh Scullion, who used to work at Celtic Park, so he used to get me all the autographs and pictures and things like that, Bobby Lennox and Bobby Murdoch and Billy Mc, uh, Bobby McNeil and uh, Bertie Alden, Steve Chalmers and all these kind of players. Um, so I kind of grew up being a Falkirk supporter, going to watch the games, and obviously being a Celtic supporter, not watching the games, but purely because they, they were the best team. Uh, but ultimately it was about playing for me uh, at mm. the weekends it wasn't about watching football it was about getting out and playing yeah. so I played I played Saturday morning I would play Saturday morning for um, the boys brigade uh, I'd play Saturday afternoon for the, the, the oh, sorry I'd play Saturday morning with the, the school, uh, school team Saturday afternoon with the boys brigade and then Sunday was my juvenile team so mm. I'd play about three games over the weekend so there was no real time to go and watch football as such. Um, I was just too involved and too wrapped up in playing it.
3: Mm, yeah, I can imagine. When you did get the the chance to watch the odd game, were there any sort of, um, any heroes you had as a kid, any players you sort of tried to emulate?
4: Um, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I, 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 as I say, I, I never really went to watch Celtic, um, purely and simply, because I, it, was, it wasn't on my doorstep. It, so I went to watch Falkirk. So, I kind of grew up watching the likes of George Gibson, a guy called George Connolly as well, um, John Markey, uh, John Lambie. Um, names that you would, you know, like uh, people certainly down south wouldn't recognise. Mm. Um, the Whiteford brothers, uh, there was, I think they were, I'm not I'm just 100% sure they were twins or not, but they certainly didn't look like twins. One was a centre-back and one was a midfield player and one was quite slim and one was like quite porky. Uh <laughs> so that's why that's kind of how I grew up watching it, um, and as I say, it was it was more the I don't know the the atmosphere, and as I say, the intoxication, the like the, the smells and the excitement and and things like that, and um, yeah, I wouldn't say there was anybody really stood out that I would you know try and emulate as such. I mean, I always been a Celtic supporter. Later on in life, uh, Kenny Dalglish was obviously one of my idols. Yeah, of um, So he was probably the 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 one time, uh, the one player that I would remember Kenny like saying that you know this is like this this is an idol of mine.
0: Mm.
3: And you obviously started your career at Falkirk, and um, you captained the side age seventeen, which I believe at the time was a world record. And um, how did this kind of come about?
4: Well, I think it was a world record. I mean. It was bizarre, really. Um, I'd literally broken into the first team. Uh, The manager at the time was a guy called Billy Little. Um, Now, I'm not sure if this had any bearing or reference on the fact that I got made captain, but he was my next door (laughs) neighbour. And he he was my ex English school teacher as well. Um, And the rest of the team were pretty, I wouldn't say rubbish, but like we were going through a little (laughs) bit of a sticky spell at the time. so I, you know, it was a fantastic honor for me, and you know what? When you, when I got it, I, I never even thought anything about it. To be quite honest with you, it wasn't, um, it wasn't something that really stuck in my mind. It's only now, really in hindsight, you look back and you think, you know, bloody hell, that's it's, it's an amazing defeat that yeah. you know somebody would give you like the captaincy at the age of seventeen. But as I say, I think. Um, I think it was more the fact that uh, Billy kind of knew me and and, and probably could relate to me a little bit more than like maybe the rest of the team.
3: Mm. Did you sort of feel the pressure? Because obviously, you know, captain the local team. No, no.
4: No? no. At 17 17 years of age, I don't think you feel pressure. I think you just want to go out there and play football. Uh, And as I say, we were in the Scottish second division, I think it, it was at the time, which was the standard of football, wasn't fantastic. Uh, but it would be, you know, it was a big step up for me because I, I'd literally just come out of juvenile football. Uh, mm. I'd been at Falkirk for a long time, you know, just part-time going in the training. I, I actually had a job. I worked in the bank for for, for six months, so I was like, I was going to be, become a a, a banker. Um, so, you know, Falkirk. Uh, it was only a part-time basis that I was I was there. So there was no real pressure at the time. Um, mm. uh, well, looking back, I didn't feel pressure to be quite honest. With you.
2: And you progressed very quickly as a young player, Gary, and uh, the Sky Blue signed you for 75k. Um, how did the move come about, Gary?
4: Well, I had, um, as I say, I only played 22 games for Falker. Mm. So it'd probably be about, I don't know, uh, 15 games maybe in or maybe like less than that. Yeah. And um, Billy Little pulled me in and he said that West Brom had actually made an offer for me at the time. And I think they had offered something like thirty-five thousand um, pound, and we go back to nineteen seventy-seven. Mm. Well, for a seventeen-year-old, that you know, you know, thirty-five thousand pound—it was, you know, it wasn't—it wasn't a great deal, boy. It was quite, quite a lot at the time. Mm.
0: Um,
4: but the club refused it. Um, so I mean, in fairness to Billy, he kept me in the picture, picture a little bit. And then, as as I say, after that. It was about, I don't know how long it was, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe maybe later than that, maybe a month or so. And um, Billy pulled me in the office again and he said that uh, Coventry had made an offer and it was £40,000, it was, but an extra £35,000 on top mm. uh, if I'd played so many games in, in, in the first team. And then the add-ons were like for the international appearances and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Uh, so the club obviously accepted that and I'm quite happy accepted it. 75000 pound for falker in the scottish second division at the time um was a lot of money albeit they weren't guaranteed for the 35000 it was it was 40000 but even 40000 for falker was still quite quite a great uh, quite a bit of money so mm. that's how it all came about a guy called bert edwards came up uh who was a youth team coach come kind of chief scout I traveled down with him for a trial down to, to Coventry. Um, and then I eventually signed.
2: And you were signed by Gordon Milne. What was he like as a manager?
4: Gordon was great. Um, I think Gordon believed in if you were good enough, you were old enough. Um, yeah. And I think when you look at that team or, or the teams that he produced at the early stages, um, you know, there was plenty of youngsters got their opportunity. Gary Thompson. Mm. Uh, came through Danny Thomas came through Paul Dyson came through uh, Mark Hately Tom English came through albeit maybe just a little bit later but yeah. Gordon, Gordon was great um, obviously an ex-Liverpool player as well um, so I think he had good ideas um, and I loved it I mean I just couldn't refuse it to be quite honest with you as I say it was always your dream to become a, a professional full-time professional footballer so I just couldn't re- refuse it at the time and as I say, I came down on trial and met met the lads. And I mean, they were a great bunch. You know, like, right. likes say, Terry Yorth, Jim Holton, Tommy Hutchison, Mick Ferguson, Ian mm-hmm. e. Wallace, Coopy, uh, Barry Powell, Bobby McDonald at the time, Blythe, Les Seeley. Uh, mm-hmm. Great guys. And then my, my best mate of all was a guy called Ray Gooding, who eventually I've just stayed a couple of doors down and digs uh, next door to him.
2: And you spent the first season in the reserves of the Sky Blues. Was that good for your development or were you itching to get in the first team?
4: Uh, well, it was kind of, I think I went down in the March. Um, so it was mm. cut really towards the end of the the, the season. Uh, yeah. I always remember watching the game. Um, they played Nottingham Forest didn't the last game of the season. I think it was the Drew 0 yeah. Um And Forest went on to win the, 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 the first division title after that. Mm. Uh, I think that was the game that actually clinched it um, so I always remember sitting watching that so I didn't play an awful lot of reserve team football to be quite yeah. honest with you I think it's always a good ground and I mean it was a massive step for me as I say coming from, from Falkirk in the second mm. division um, and a little boy I, I, and I was a little, literally just a green lad coming out of like a, a little small village outside mm. Brains, uh, outside Falkirk a place called Brighton's and you know it was, it was a bit of an eye opener to be quite honest with you and um, so that was a kind of bedding-in period, um, but I, I didn't have too long to bed in because the very next-again season, like, obviously came back for pre-season and first mm. game that season, 78 season, uh, I made my debut in the, in the first team.
2: Yeah, and that was against Middlesbrough, wasn't it? It was a 2-1 win. Um, yeah. Were you nervous before, uh, before you debut, Gary? <laughs> oh, absolutely,
4: absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean as much as I got, I mean, big big Jim put like put you at ease a little bit in the likes of Terry and mm. Hutchie Hutchie was probably a little bit different. Hutchie was one of these like Mickey takers that you, you're never quite sure about Hutchie, but uh, Magic
2: Man, yeah.
4: Yeah, grew grew to love Hutchie and uh, he certainly looked after myself and Ray. Uh, so but yeah, nervous, absolutely nervous. Um it was a great result for us as well. So we got the season off, great great start, two one. Always mm. remember towards the end of the game that Jim Holton and Terry Yorath had a ding dong. Uh, I think I'd give. I think I'd made. i put the ball out for a call, and I maybe like made a mistake or something like that. Big Jim, I think, was trying to stick up for me, and Terry was giving me a bit of a rocking. And <laughs> I always remember the two of them like like in loggerheads and. I'll see you after the game in the dressing room. And <laughs> that I'm, this is like this is me, eighteen years of age, yeah. first game, first game in the English First Division. Just come from Falkirk and think, "Bloody hell, is this, the, <laughs> is this is this how it goes off in the, in, in the First Division and in, in the first team games?" But it uh, never came to anything. As I say, fortunately, we got the uh, we, we got the victory and it set us off in a a good a good light.
3: Mm. And you're obviously playing at a very high level at, at such a young age. Um, talk us through some of the big games you were involved in in those early days of your career
4: well you know what I can't remember too much about I know I remember the second game um, which was at home which was obviously my home debut and that was against Nottingham Forest Mm. Um, so it was literally from the end of the the season before when we drew uh, 0-0 they they were obviously like um, title winners at that time so coming to to Highfield Road it um, was a big game for us I think Tony Woodcock uh, played up front. I'm not sure if it was Peter With or Gary Butts that played alongside him. Uh, but Tony Woodcock was—he uh, was in his pr- his prime at the time. Um, so that was a that was a massive game for us. Uh, I always remember that game. Um, uh, I think we drew 0-0 that game as well, to be quite honest with you. So, you know, to get a 0-0 victory against, like, who had just won the the, the league title mm-hmm. the year before, that was, a, uh, again, that was a pretty good result. And I think I played the first 15 games that season, and I always remember Ron Wiley, who's uh, Gordon Milne's uh, number two, who I believe has sadly just died a couple of months ago. Or like I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if that's right or not, but Ron, Ron was a great guy, and he probably was a good foil for, for Gordon because Gordon was right quiet and gentleman and Ron was a bit like wiry and he would get into you a little bit. Yeah. I always remember him coming up to me and asking me because at that time, 15 games in, I was feeling probably not physically tired, but I think the mental th- uh, the mental side of it like took effect a little bit. So uh, I kind of, he said, do you feel as if you can go on and, and, and still play in the in, in the first team? Um, and I kind of said, "Well, no." Um, um, and he, he kind of questioned me. He says, "That's not the answer I wanted to hear." <laughs> um, and then he, they ended up dropping me. Well, I say dropping me. Like he took, they took me out the the fire line and the, the first team. Um, and I kind of played a little bit more reserve team football after that. Uh, but the fifteen games that I'd had, set you know, stood me in good stead and gave me a good grounding. And then. I think I came by, I'm not 100% sure if I came by the next-again season, but I played, obviously I was a, a, a regular the next-again season. But the first 15 games of that season probably helped me tremendously well.
3: Mm. And in that next season where you were more involved, were there any sort of standout highlights from, from that season?
4: Yeah, Again, like you're going back, it's, it's so hard to like pick games and, um, that would be 78, 79 I think that would be um, or 79, 79 80. Um I can't remember too many games like, at all to be quite honest mm, with They you. must
3: all merge into one, mustn't they? Sorry? They must all sort of merge in together at some oh, point they, in your
2: yeah, memory Yeah, they
4: kind of do, yeah Yeah um, um, I, I honestly I can't remember it I mean that, the, the only the, 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 remember, the memories I have are obviously going on the, the cup run in 81 mm. with the, the league cup when we got to the semi-final um, but other than that I, I don't remember too many individual games I always remember it was a, it was always a little bit of a struggle for us um, you know we were never like comfortable um, in the top half of the table uh, on a regular basis I mean we had our moments um, and yeah. I think the one game I would I would always remember, I think that was in the first first season I, I played in the 78-79, I think we went to Anfield, I always, always remember that, um, we walked in, uh, well we actually had lunch with um, Bill Shankly beforehand um, in the post house hotel at, uh, at Haydock. Obviously, his affiliation was with with Gordon, Gordon Milne because he was his ex-player. So he had lunch with us, and I can always remember like sitting around the, the lunch table, the pre-match meal, aghast of like sitting, you know, with um, Bill Shankly, the great Bill Shankly, and he drove in with us at the time to to Anfield and got off the bus and. You know, like a hero's welcome. Um, and he used to, I think he used to do that on a regular basis, traveling with the away team. But as I say, I think he had a little bit more affinity with Coventry because Gordon Milne was was manager at the time. And uh, we got beat 1-0, Graham Souness scored. Mm. And uh, I always remember, we literally didn't get out our own half um, for the whole 90 minutes. It was a case of like, just backs to the wall uh, for 90 minutes and it could easily have be been 11 but we managed to keep them to, to one. I think we were second in the league at the time. I think Liverpool were top and we were second in the league. Mm. As I say, it was only about nine games gone or something like that. But, uh, so it was top of the table clash, but they so outclassed us. And, yeah. But you know, it, was a, it was a decent result, 1-0 away from home to Liverpool. Um, so that was one game that stuck in my mind. But other than that, I, they all kind of blend into...
3: Yeah, to, I can um, imagine. Yeah, it's it's funny you say that kind of uh, that continuous struggle and not that often finishing the top half. I think probably a theme that's continued over the years for the for the Sky Blues.
4: Yeah, unfortunately, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, apart from this season, of course. Um oh, yeah. yeah. you also played under Dave Sexton. Um, what was Dave like as a manager, and how did he compare with others you played under? Uh,
4: Dave was a great fella, a lovely, lovely man. Um, knew his stuff. Was very technical. Uh, in his training, Uh, very much a case of like um, the FA coaching manual. Mm. So uh, everything was uh, structured in training and there's nothing really off the cuff as such. Um, But he was a great fella. I always remember we used to go uh, Sky Blue Connection and uh, he would be sat at lunchtime and he would have his lunch and he would have this big cigar and he'd be smoking (sighs) this big cigar. Uh, and I think that was his trademark, wasn't it? He? he was just like he just popping this cigar. He knew his football. He was—I mean, obviously had done it all before at Chelsea with like Tommy Dock,
2: Yeah and
4: obviously went to Manchester United as well. And so he knew his stuff. And as I say, really loved me as well. I think so. Uh, the partnership and the uh, with me and him were like was was great. Uh, so I love playing under him. Uh, mm. Just as just as much as playing under Gordon Milne, to be quite honest, we were like very similar kind of guys, yep. very laid back, uh, down to earth kind of guys. Uh, knew the stuff, um, and, but Dave was Dave was a fantastic fellow.
0: Mm.
3: And um, sort of in in that first spell at the Sky Blues, um, who were some of the best players you played alongside, and did you sort of get close to any of the lads, kind of off the pitch?
4: Oh, Tommy Hutch was was different class. Mm. Uh, Tommy was like, I think I don't know if he was about twenty-nine or thirty at the time when I when I broke into the team. Um, I used to pick myself and Ray Gooden up uh, to take us into training um, and then take us home. But uh, the thing is, we, we had to wash his car. And he had a big Jag at the time, <laughs> uh, which we loved, you know, like driving up to the training ground, as I say, like just teenagers at the time, mm. and the hutchie used to take us in. But there was obviously the stipulation we had to like wash it and it was the old uh, down at the Sky Blue down at the, the old huts down at the bottom we yeah. think they the back there now aren't they down at Ryan yeah yeah uh, we were always like made to wash his car uh, after training and things like that I always remember one time he needed to he needed to um, get his passport renewed which was in um, Peterborough I think it was at the time yeah of course you yeah, yeah, used yeah. to go to Peterborough to get your passport renewed and uh he never told us, myself and Ray. Uh, so he took us all, instead of taking us home, he took us all the way to Peterborough <laughs> <laughs> to get to get his passport renewed. I mean, there was nothing we were doing anyway. But wow. We saying, this is not the way home, and, like He took us all, all the way to Peterborough. Uh, but he was fantastic, Hutchie. He was great with us. I uh, mm-hmm. used to meet up with him after the games and have a pint with him. Uh, Ian Walsh was another one. Uh, Wally was a, a great goal scorer at the time. Yeah. Uh, him and Big Fergie, uh, Big McFerguson, but uh, the guy I used to knock about, with, as I say, was Ray. Ray Ray Gooden was um, my, well, he's the best man at my first wedding, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Uh, so I and I say I used to live two doors down from from Ray. We, we used to go up every Sunday morning uh, up to the the Wallace Pub in, in, in Kersley Um and have a couple of pints on a Sunday lunchtime uh, with a few of the, the, the rugby crowd from mm. Kersley as well so they were fond memories uh, but then as I say, there was loads of youngsters coming through, Gary Thompson Danny Thomas, Val Thomas who was like Danny's uh, elder brother uh, Tommy English, didn't really knock about with Tommy and, and uh, Mark Haley too much um, so there was a few guys yeah that, that, that we knocked about with but as I say Ray would probably be my number one guy
2: Mm,
3: yeah. And and like you said, that sort of blend of um, some older players and younger players, did it kind of help to sort of feed and learn off those maybe more experienced players?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a, to be honest, it was a great time at Coventry. I mean, we were, very, we were a very social kind of like club as well and good camaraderie off the pitch. Uh, Terry was a fantastic, Terry Yorth was a fantastic captain at the time. He used to yeah. get everybody together off the pitch and we used to play uh, games nights at local pubs. We, we used to go on a, a Tuesday or a Wednesday. I think it was and like play local pubs at skittles, darts, um, mm. billiards, uh, bar billiards, and da- um, things like that. You know, like and it was a fantastic, fantastic uh, occasion. Um, and big Jim would be there as well. Big Jim Holton, uh, who was a good friend of mine as well. Um, so it was a great, great team spirit. Um, and it was the one thing that I would say about Coventry at the time that. You know, we weren't the best side in the world at times, uh, but you know we had a smattering of like successful players and, and great players. And certainly when I first joined, I think we finished seventh that season, which is probably mm. one of the highlights of that season. Uh, the time that i have been there. And as I say, like the likes of Baz Powell in the middle of the park, Terry Yor, Hutchie, uh, Greenie, Al, uh, Al Green, and 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 the and, and the, the, the the wide areas. Uh, uh, Nardiel, uh, Dom Nardiel as well, and up yeah, front you had um, Wally and uh, and Fergie, uh, so it wasn't a bad team to be quite honest with me And as I said they were all big characters at the time, uh, so it was a great time for me to be growing up. And, and as I say, it's kind of where I grew up, Coventry. Um, yeah. From 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 17 to 21, I think really, I think it's a quite impressionable kind of age for any yeah, teenager definitely. Um So it was. Kind of like, as I say, that's where I kind of grew up and and got to to, to know about life in general.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: Um, and it's quite well documented that the Sky Blues went through a bit of a tricky time in, in 1983 when Bobby Gould came in, um, and there were quite a lot of players out of contract. But you were offered a decent contract to stay at the Sky Blues, weren't you, Gary?
2: Yeah, I mean,
4: it was a time. I'm not 100% sure. I think it was about nine players um, mm, who yeah. I Yeah. Mean, it was bad management at the time. When you think about it, I mean that would never happen now. Well, yeah. certainly at like top clubs in, in, in uh, Division One or the Premier League, you wouldn't think that that would happen now. Um, that like you would have first, nine first-team members with their contracts running out. Uh, the likes of I think Paul Dyson's contract was running out. Gary Thompson's, Danny Thomas, uh, myself. Mark, I'm not sure about Mark Haley. Uh but like, there was like as I say, there was nine of us. Um, and I'd gone to speak to loads of clubs. I went up and spoke to Stoke. Uh, I spoke to West Brom, who I think Ron Wiley had gone to like be the manager there. He was the manager at the time. Um, I went down to Arsenal. Um, mm. uh, and I was literally... A, I was a hair's breadth of like, signing for Arsenal at the time. Um, and then I got the call from from Liverpool. Um, Bobby Gould told me that um, Liverpool were interested Um and I, I I went I rushed up uh, to, to Anfield um, to meet the, the the people at Anfield, uh, and in the end I had to wait up and I came I always remember coming back and Ian Jameson I think was the the, um, the chairman at the time uh, and Gouldy was manager and they pulled me in and I mean they offered me a fantastic deal um, really fantastic deal they said they were going to make me captain. Um, they were going to give me a club car, which was uh, going to be a Jag, which um, we were driving about in Talbot, uh, Salaras at the time, I think. Yeah. So uh, that was a big deal. And they were going to offer me £1,000 a week, um, mm. which was a massive increase for me. Um, but the, the lure of Liverpool was great. Uh, and obviously at that time, Liverpool were, were dominant in both European and uh, English football. Um so it was a it was an opportunity that a bit like myself moving from Falkirk to Coventry that I just couldn't pass up, uh, and I felt that I had to take it. Albeit cool. Coventry actually did offer me more money than than, than Liverpool, uh, but it wasn't about money. It was about trying to be like the best that you could be, um, and I didn't think that that probably could happen at, at, at Coventry. Um, mm. I think, um, and so the opportunity arose and. I grabbed it with both hands and, um, and in many ways, after two years at Liverpool and not playing an awful lot of games, I, I did look back and think that I might have made the wrong decision. But then it, it took off and fortunately for me, it, uh, it happened at Liverpool.
0: Mm. You're listening to Sky Blues Extra.
2: And before uh, we talk about uh, the Liverpool era, uh, Gary, I just want to bring it back to the uh, League Cup semi-final against West Ham. Um, obviously, we were 2-0 down in the first tie and we won it 3-2, which was one of the best comebacks ever by Sky Blue side. Unfortunately, so what was that like, um, obviously, in the first leg winning that game and then obviously the second leg, unfortunately, we didn't get to the final. What was that like as well, Gary?
4: Yeah, it was gut-wrenching because, you know, I think we we'd, we felt that we'd clawed ourselves out of it I Highfield Road. Um, I think Tomo maybe got a couple of goals I'm not 100% sure who scored the goals but we certainly got ourselves out of the mire a little bit and we were going down to Upton Park with uh, obviously knowing it was going to be a difficult game uh, mm. but with obviously a great opportunity to to, to, to go through to the final um, but I, I mean we, again it was a little bit backs to the wall kind of thing I've never had that atmosphere like that to be quite honest with you in mm. a football ground the 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 tie opting part was uh, it it was nervy um, and there was a lot of noise and when that second goal went in for them well the whole place erupted Um, and when you you know so close to you like on on the side of the pitch uh, it was a noise that you you could never forget Um, but it was bitterly disappointing because as Mm -hmm. I say we were such a young side as well and um, had that you know had it happened and we'd gone to the final then. I think that would have been something special, uh, but it wasn't to be. And unfortunately, it, it, you had to wait till '87 to get back to to any sort of final. Um, and it's been a long time since that. Uh, so, uh, Coventry have had any success. Obviously, the, this year has been fantastic for them.
2: Mm, yeah, certainly has. Um, going back to obviously the interest from Liverpool and uh, driving up there in your Talbot car, covered in Coventry badges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was it was it a hard decision to leave the Sky Blues?
4: Yeah, it was. Um, as I say, I, I, I'd grown up there. and I'd, I'd met a lot of like great people uh, off the field as well mm. as on the field as well. Uh, so, like, I mean, I was very much quite happy to like stay at Coventry. Um, yeah. But in saying that, you know, like big clubs like Arsenal, big clubs like Liverpool. Um, You want to test yourself. You want to like test yourself against the best and with the best. Mm. Um, And it it was tempting to stay at at, at Coventry, Um, and and you know what? I I I don't. This doesn't. This might sound boastful, and and, and, but it doesn't mean. I I don't mean to be that. Mm. But like, I I probably would have been a big fish in a a small pond. Mm. Um, And you know, sometimes that's the right place to be. And uh, but. At the time, I just thought, well, you just couldn't pass up the chance and the opportunity to go to Liverpool. And then I did become a small fish and a very, very big pond. Uh, and I found it difficult. Uh, but, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm glad I made the move at, at the end of the day. I mean, by the time Coventry had been successful and won uh, the FA Cup in 1987, I'd got a European Cup winner's medal and, and a league title. So, um,
0: <laughs> yeah, not bad.
4: <laughs> that kind of that, that well, you know, when you break it down, that that's kind of like why you make the decision to yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> albeit that I hadn't played an awful lot of games, but in saying that, you, that's that's part of the reason why you go, if you know what I mean. It's not yeah. about it's not all about financial gain and financial reward, it's about being successful and, mm. and winning things.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, and what was it like playing under Joe Fagan?
4: Uh, well, I, did, I didn't play too many games <laughs> under Joe. To be quite honest, certainly first year, I think mm. I only played one game uh, yeah. that was against Warsaw. I think in the the League Cup semi final, yeah. uh, which wasn't too uh, too brilliant. Uh, I think I scored an own goal. Well, I say don't goal. I think I bashed it off somebody's backside and it went in the goal. Yeah. Uh, in in the end, we did the treble. Um, went to uh, Rome and uh, won the European Cup in Rome against mm. Roma. Uh, which I was on the bench, but you you didn't really feel part of that, to be honest with you. Um, And then the following year, I played quite a bit more games. um, And Joe was a fantastic guy. They were Mm. all great guys at Liverpool at the time. Ronnie Moran, hard as nails and kind of always wanting the best of you and um, kind of blunt and hard on you. And and then Roy Evans was probably the opposite. He was the kind of goody guy. Uh, Yeah. And Joe was just a big, quiet, gentle giant until you kinda of riled them a little bit and riled them a little bit and it, 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 you know, he would let you know. Um but I couldn't you know, listen, I couldn't I couldn't fault Joe. I mean, it was difficult at the time trying to break into that side with Alan Hansen and mm. Matt Wanson. Um and they were like week in, week out they were like getting results. And Phil Thompson was still there as well. Phil Thompson yeah. um who played a, a heck of a lot of games for Liverpool before uh, Laurel got into the the, the team, so mm. it was tough for me. And played a lot of reserve team games with like Tom. I learned an awful lot off of Phil Thompson, um, mm. and biding my time. Um, and, and I'm glad I did in the end. I mean, I was I, I was questioning uh, the decision probably just before the European Cup final in eighty five against Juventus when we went to uh, Brussels. And I did go into Joe Fagan and and ask him what the situation was. Um, And then, I mean, he kind of, like, understood my point. I wanted to be playing. I wanted, like, you know, I hadn't, like, left Coventry um, Mm. to to sit on the bench on a regular occurrence. So, I wanted to be playing. um, And he understood that. And he says, like, Luke, just be patient. Um, and, And probably... It was one of these situations where, like again, looking back in hindsight, that he probably knew that he was going to pack in. He probably knew he was going to retire. He knew that it was a new manager coming in. Um, not that he, that he probably knew it was going to be Kenny, or like anybody knew it was going to be Kenny. Um, so about the time, and uh, I say after that, that the, the, the next again year, just the turn of the year, I got into a regular like first team position, uh, and held that for about two, three years, two, three. Seasons until I picked up a couple of injuries, and then um, I kind of like lost my way a little bit.
2: Mm. And just bringing it back to your debut against Walsall in the League Cup, how did it feel walking out of Anfield, touching the Anfield sign? I
4: mean, it was, I mean, it was, that was, uh, that was a dream, wasn't it? I mean, that's Mm. where you want to be, and, um, a little bit different playing against Walsall because you're, you're always expected to beat teams like that. Uh, yeah. But they gave us a right shock at the, on the night. I think we drew 2-2. Two, two.
2: Mm.
4: Uh, so it was a real shock for us. Um, and it went down and I think we beat them. Down there, I'm not 100% sure of the scoreline uh, down there. Um, I know a, a wall had collapsed at the back of the goal uh, down there. Uh, but I can't remember the score. We did win, though. Uh, that was fantastic. Um and as I say, playing in front of the cop, um, I always remember going back back to that day. I, I was telling you about Shankly. We walked in there at half past one in the afternoon when it was like old Saturday uh, Saturday afternoon kickoffs at three o'clock, mm. and the cop was absolutely jammed to the rafters. Uh, and it was, again, it was a bit like that on on that night, um, packed to to the gunnels, um, and um, it was a great experience um, and and one that you wanted to emulate on a regular occurrence um, but unfortunately for me it took me uh, quite a while to to, to do that
3: and You obviously had a very successful time at Liverpool You know, winning a number of titles including the European Cup um, which of those titles or perhaps which season in particular felt the most special?
4: I think they've got all got their own merit I think the first one obviously was 85-86 when we did the double uh, yeah. which was a special year uh, I'd literally just come in for the second half of that season. Uh, went on a tremendous run. I think we lost a game against Everton at Anfield 2-0. And then after that, I think we went 13 games uh, undefeated. Uh, I think we won 12, drew one, scored numerous amounts of goals. And I think I think we only conceded like something like three goals or something like that. So that was a fantastic uh, end to the season. Uh, but I think 87-88 was probably the 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 pinnacle. Um, yeah. I think that's when I was probably at my best. Uh, I got voted into the team of the year from uh, the PFA awards, uh, along with Alan Hansen. Um, Barnsley won Player of the Year that year, um, and I think we were an awesome side that that, that, that time. Aldridge was good, scoring goals for fun. Beersley was different different class. Uh, Barnsley was probably for me probably the best player in Europe at the time, if mm. not the world. Uh, and playing alongside Alan Hansen on a regular basis was was a dream come true for me. Uh, so eighty seven, eighty eight was probably when I was at my best. Um, so you'd probably think that that's the one that I hold probably most in esteem uh, than the others. Mm. 1990, I played a bit part um, through injury. I missed quite a bit of that season. Um, 85 86 was obviously fantastic because it was Kenny's first year as player manager and and what we achieved is obviously the double as well. But uh, 87 88 I think was the
3: mm.
4: was the pinnacle. Mm.
3: And then you moved back up to Scotland in 1991 to play for Celtic. Obviously, as you explained earlier, you know the team you supported as a kid. What was it like returning to your homeland?
4: Um, it was mixed emotions to be honest. I, I didn't really want to leave Liverpool. Um, it was made obvious by Graham Soonis that uh, that I don't think I had any place at Liverpool. The club had accepted a deal uh, for me to go up to Celtic, which was just under a million pound, I think, at the time, which was a lot of money uh, again in these days. Um, and kind of like the heart kind of overruled the head a little bit, uh, with Celtic being my boyhood club. Um, it was, you know, it, it was one of the things that it just, it was an attraction at the time. Uh, but I wish I, I wanted to stay at Liverpool. I really did want to stay at Liverpool, but I felt that there was no place for me. Um, and in hindsight, I probably should have stayed at Liverpool and seen my contract out. I had another year to go. Uh, Celtic, we were a million miles away from being successful at Celtic at the time because Rangers were so dominant. Mm. Uh, we had a lot of upheaval in the, uh, in the boardroom. Um, the facilities that we had were not a patch on, on, on what Rangers had at the time, so it was always an uphill struggle. Um, and I was in and out of the team with injuries and playing a few games, missing a few games, coming back. Um, so it was a it was a turgid, well, I wouldn't say turgid time. It was it was a challenging time for me. Yeah. Uh, I loved it, and in and, and many ways, I loved it because I, I loved Celtic. And uh, I mean, again, you meet lots and lots of great like people, uh, both within the football club and outside the football club. And I think that's the one thing that you would say about um, football people, you know, and and fans and in, in general. That even you know, although that I was having a hard time up there, it was it was still a great place to live in, and still a great place to be. Um, uh, but in hindsight, it was probably the wrong move at, at the wrong time. And but you know, had it been uh, five years earlier, it would have been fantastic. But um, I look back on it and I think, well, you can't have any. Yeah, you can't have too many regrets because I mean, I'd, my career kind of spanned twenty years in the end. Um, so I think if you have a career in football that spans twenty years, I think you're going to have. A few ups and downs. And yeah, of course. Celtic was 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 maybe the 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 down uh, mm. downside for me.
3: Yeah, and I suppose the other thing is that you know after having such a successful time at Liverpool, it's you know your next club is potentially going to be a bit tricky, and you, you know you're going to come into more challenging times, you know yeah. as a result of just being so, so successful.
4: Well, it's difficult to emulate what you achieved at, yeah. uh, at, at a club like Liverpool. Uh, exactly. Yeah. I, I honestly believe when we when I went to Celtic, we we could do it, uh, but then c- quickly came upon how far behind Rangers we were at the time. Um, uh, but you know, as I say, you look back. I I I'd lo- I'd love to look back and think, you know, we, we could have won something at Celtic, but that wasn't the case. But in saying that. If, you know, you, you asked me if I was, you know, if I at seventeen years of age or before that, sixteen years of age, you had the opportunity to play for Glasgow Celtic. Yeah. Uh, you know, you would have said like I'd have jumped, I, I, I would jump at it. So it was fantastic for me. It was a great experience. And uh, as I say, how many team, how many people, and how many lads growing up uh, can say that they played for the, the boyhood team?
3: Yeah, exactly. That's brilliant. Um, and then you sort of returned to Coventry in 1994. So how did that come about?
4: Well, I was out of contract at, uh, at Celtic. Um, I, I talked actually to Falkirk. John Jeffries uh, was... my man- uh, Jim, sorry, Jim... Is it Jim Jeffries? I think Jim Jeffries. Uh, Jim Jeffries uh, was manager at the time. Mm. Uh, and he asked me to go to Falkirk. And then I got a phone call from Phil Neal um, and nearly asked me to go down to, to Coventry. Uh, obviously, known nearly from from my Liverpool days, um, um, I, I took that opportunity, and the case was that um, nearly was going to uh, if I could play as many games as I could play, uh, whether it be reserves or first team, that was great. And then I was going to go into the the coaching side with uh, him and Mick Brown uh, and Harry Roberts. Um, so that was the idea. Um, but it never quite panned out that way because obviously Phil got the sack and then Big Ron came in and, and, and took over.
2: You're listening to Sky Blues Extra.
3: And sort of how different was the club when you returned from when you'd previously been there?
2: Well, under Phil, I don't think
4: there was too too much difference, to be quite honest with you. I think there was a good uh, team spirit Um and I think that was basically what, you know, Coventry survived on that kind of mentality. Uh, us against them, if you know what I mean, backs to the wall. And um, We didn't have a... I, I don't think there was a great deal of depth and quality in, in the squad, but the one thing you would say about the, the guys that were in that squad, they all wanted to do well for Coventry. They all wanted to work hard and, and do well. Uh, and I think sometimes that goes an awful long way. Um I think it kind of changed under Ron. Uh, Ron brought in. Uh, he, he ended up spending a lot more money than maybe what Phil had, had to spend, um, and it kind of like got away from that kind of family orientated, kind of team spirit, uh, kind of up and out at them attitude, uh, us against them. Um, and I think Big Ron tried to to buy a little bit more quality, um, but. Unfortunately, I don't think it worked for him.
3: Mm. And you didn't play too many games before picking up quite a bad knee injury. How frustrating was that injury, Gary?
4: Well, to be honest, I, I was I was kind of done. To be fair, mm. I, I never actually picked up any real bad injury. I, I don't know who like I, I keep getting this like uh, that people tell me I had a, a bad knee injury. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a bad e- I've got a bad knee injury now. Like after all these years, um, but. Um, I it was kind of just an accumulation of like injuries and muscle tears and things like that. That um, enough was enough. And um, Big Ron had made it quite clear I had a, a year left in my contract at, at, at Coventry. And Big Ron made it quite clear that I wasn't welcome uh, there. So I was kind of put on gardening leave a little bit. Yeah. Um, and to this day, I, I don't really understand why. Um, I don't. I didn't see myself as a bad influence on on anybody, but that's what happens in football. I mean, it's a, it was very much part and parcel, like what happens in football. So I'm not bitter about it in any shape or form. Um, it just didn't work out for me, um, mm. and that's what happens sometimes. Uh, yeah, especially, I think when you, especially, I think when you go back to a football club. But I didn't see too many changes. Um, there was still a few people there. Joyce, the, the the lady that used to work in the Sky Blue and the, the the training ground, yeah. uh, there was still a few people there. And, um, George Dalton was the, the physio; like he was still there. George, George uh, used to obviously was there forever. Uh, Harry Roberts, uh, who uh, grew up with Harry, um, yeah. so there was like there was lo- lots of people that were still there and, and that were connected with like uh, Coventry and in, 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 in the old days. So, uh, but. I think when a new manager comes in he brings new ideas he wants new people um, and he wants his own people um, and that's what happened at, in football and I, I'm sure that's what happens in football like yeah. to this day so um, uh, I kind of like got pushed out a little bit and, and, and moved on uh, but I, you can't be bitter about that because as I say that's more or less what happens in football
3: Yeah of course and since retiring from the game what have you been up to Gary
4: uh, basically, the media stuff. Um, I think you go through a kind of like dark spell where you like you're not quite sure what you're going to do um, mm. when you like leave the game. Um, and, but I fell I fell into the media side pretty quickly. Uh, worked for Radio Merseyside for a yep. long time, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, saw some highlights, obviously, the Champions League in 2005 and Istanbul.
3: Yeah, brilliant. Uh,
4: and then 2007, LFC TV started. So oh, yeah. um, LFC TV are, is my main job at this moment in time. I do uh, most of the commentary for them, punditry for them. Uh, and that keeps me busy. And uh, obviously, been busy this kind of like last couple of weeks with like, it's been 30 years since... Uh, yeah. Yes, we won the league. Uh, so I've been doing a few, a few Zoom meetings and things like that. So it's mainly media stuff, um, and it's been it's been a, yeah, it's been fantastic to be honest. It uh, keeps you involved, uh, certainly at, on, on Liverpool side. Um, and uh, you know, I, I look forward to going down and, and, and doing the games and 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 watching this team, especially. I mean, it's been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, they've been absolutely like, joy to watch. Um, and I've not really been back to Coventry for a, for a long time, to be quite honest with you. Um, so, I, some, somewhere along the line, I hopefully get back and, and 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 watch the Sky Blues for a for a change.
3: See, I was going to say it must be um, it must be nice with with Liverpool doing so well at the moment, being involved with them.
4: Oh, it's fantastic. As I say, um, it's been a heck of a year for me actually, because Celtic winning the the the, uh, the, the SPL in, in Scotland, Coventry obviously getting. Yeah, um, promotion from League One and, and Liverpool winning the champion uh, with the uh, Premier League and Falkirk literally just missed out as well. And, uh, wow,
3: could have been all your clubs in one season.
4: It could, it could, it could have been the Grand Slam. Yeah, but so it's not
3: bad. Three, three out of four is pretty good. Not,
4: not too bad at all, to be quite honest. Yeah, so, uh, it's been, it's been a good year for me. Uh, but I still look out for Coventry's results. Uh, always look out for them. Um, as I say, it was. I had such fond memories at, at, at Coventry. Uh, guys that I met and people that I met, big Steve Kinlan who used to drive me all over the place, um, look after me because uh, I couldn't drive at the time. Uh, I actually won. I always remember winning like the Player of the Year, and the Player of the Year award was a uh, a Talbot Alpine. It uh, was, was a car, <laughs> and I couldn't drive. I couldn't drive. <laughs> I couldn't drive it. So like that was uh, that was that was funny. Games I had to get the wife to drive it. So. Um, as I say, old big Steve used to like drive me everywhere. Uh, so fond memories. It's a lovely place.
3: Mm. I know you said you're not sort of following it too closely anymore, but um, what have you made of sort of Coventry's, I guess, resurgence back up the leagues, and obviously now in, into the Championship next season?
4: Well, it'll be a task. It'll be a big job for them. I, I think, um, like most teams and uh, most clubs, uh, and whatever division you are, you're at, you're in. I think recruitment is uh, is key. Um, they will have to obviously up their, their game a little bit, um, but there's nothing to say that you know they can't like do well. I think uh, to get a base in the, the championship uh, would be the first uh, uh, goal, uh, and uh, you know I, I hope they do it. Um, you know it's been done before, obviously with Jimmy Hill coming from the third division up right through to the the the, 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 the echelons of the the top English first division. So who's to say Mark Robbins can't do that? Um, uh, with this team I hope it, I hope we can do it because it'd be great to see Coventry back in the, the Premier League albeit it's still a long way away obviously and, but first and foremost I think they've got to find a home and, and yeah. get a you know and get a place to, to play football where they can call it their home uh, I'm not sure St Andrews is, is the place no it, obviously not. it's 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 make do at this moment in time but you can't see that being their forever home can you
3: absolutely yeah Now got to sort that out for sure Um, and I've got a potentially tricky question to kind of end on Gary Um, what will be harder next season Coventry staying in the Championship or Liverpool retaining the Premier League title
4: Um, good question it is a tricky question Um, (laughs) I I think Liverpool probably winning the the Premier League title I think uh, when you look back in history um, not too many teams have managed to um Regain the the Premier League title. Mm. Uh, obviously, Man City have been the exception. I um, uh, looking back in my time when I go from eighty three to nineteen ninety one, uh, which is eight years. Um, we never finished out the top two, but we never managed to win back to back titles. Um, so it's a tougher it's a tough old ask. Mm. Uh, Liverpool's team is more than capable of doing it, but it's a tough old ask. So I probably say Liverpool's well, uh, chance to win the, the Premier League title again is probably a little bit harder than maybe Coventry staying in the Championship. Um, because I think that, you know, under Mark Robbins, he, he seems a good guy. He seems like as, as if he's got the right people working for him um, and he's got the right uh, ethos as well and the philosophy. Um, so I, I I would like to think that they, they, they can manage to stay in the Championship. Uh, I think it will be easier for them than... Uh, he won't. He won't thank me for for saying that, probably. But, <laughs> uh, but I think it'll probably be easier for him to stay in the championship than it will be for Liverpool to, mm. to regain the the Premier League.
3: Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully both can be achieved. you never know
4: Well, let's keep our fingers crossed. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Gary, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show to talk about your fantastic career at Coventry and the other clubs you played for. And I'm sure we could go on all night and and hear some of your brilliant stories. But um, I'd just like to say a massive thank you on behalf of all the Coventry City fans for your passionate and your passion and commitment when wearing the Sky Blue shirt.
4: Cheers, guys. I thoroughly enjoyed
2: it.
3: Brilliant. And listeners, don't forget to leave a review of the podcast on your chosen platforms. And also, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation through our usual channels, just use the hashtag #SkyBluesExtraPodcast.
2: Thanks for listening to the Sky Blues Extra Podcast.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing.